Blog Talk Radio. Check out his blogs. Lots of great stuff on the rantsports.com. Looking forward to talking to him. Check out our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there right now. We got a show chat going on on the Facebook page. Uh, each and every Monday night, we do a raw chat during the run of Monday Night Raw. So you want to get on the Facebook page. Tell your friends. Get on there. Like the page. Get involved in the conversation you can follow us on twitter our twitter handle is at the ken reedy show and our website is the ken lots of blogs over there um as well as pictures bios uh fan shots so uh head on over to our website the ken you also want to check us out on itunes um and we are part of a, a brand new venture and it, it's it's chugging along. It's chugging along. It's gaining steam. It's new as we're, we're developing this whole thing. 1640 PWPR. Again, that is 1640 PWPR. We are part of this, this blossoming network of wrestling podcasts. And you can go over to iTunes and subscribe for free. It is for free. It is so easy. Just everyone has iTunes. You know you, know you have iTunes. Go over there in the little search thing. Type in 1640-1640-PWPR. Search. Our, our network pops up. And you just got to click subscribe. And then you have access to all sorts of great 
wrestling podcast, and it's, it's a great place to be because you, you get different opinions, you know. Maybe you listen to our show, and, uh, you know, we really like something, but you listen to one of the other shows on 1640, and they hated something, and maybe you fall somewhere in the middle. So it gives you a real, more of a global, a global sense of, of the world of professional wrestling and all the different opinions and machinations out there. And we got guys who are centered a little bit more on uh, – on the independent scene, we got some people. Actually, we got our new show, The Cool Down, with AC, who's going to give us a little bit of MMA, too. So check us out. Again, 1640 PWPR. Subscribe for free on the iTunes. Great shows over there. Firehawk, King Firehawk over there. New Surge, Blading for Truth, just to name a few shows that are on the 1640 Network. Great stuff, and we are proud to be part of that network. We are excited to get underway as we get you all set for the WWE pay-per-view battleground. Lots of stuff to get into, and I wouldn't be able to do it without my tag team partner, who thankfully, it was a little dicey, but thankfully he's on the line tonight. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Well, uh, like Anthony's show, I am trying to cool down from the sweltering heat here in the Northeast. Um, it's you know the middle of summer and uh, I I, you know, I wouldn't expect anything different. But what, what's really hot tonight is the 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 news stories heading into tonight's pay per view that's going to shape storylines for the rest of the summer for WWE. And I'm excited to get into it and really get down to the meat and potatoes of what's going on. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to get into as far as tonight. And before we get into anything, I got to give a shout out that there's a you know you're saying trying to keep cool. Uh, cool. there, there actually is a battleground pool party going on as we speak right now, and I know for a fact they're 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 a lot cooler than we are probably, uh, hanging out poolside listening to the show. I think that's awesome. The people are kind of floating along, maybe having a cocktail, listening to us get them set for for battleground. So shout out to the Ken Reedy Show battleground pool party right now. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a call on location from the pool party at some point, but. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get right into it. One thing I wanted to discuss first off, and, um, you know, it kind of bothered me a, a little bit, and, and it, it got under my skin. So it was something I had to bring up tonight, and, and we're going to – there's lots of stuff with Battleground, but this was something um, – this past week we had Stardust's triumphant return, Cody Rhodes. Uh, great to see him back. You know, to me, Cody Rhodes has got so much talent. And when you look at all the characters that that dude is, has gone through – and he's made each and every one of them work. And you, you go back to, to Legacy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, me, I thought DiBiase was going to be the guy that breaks out of that group. Um, Cody Rhodes, whether it was Dashing Cody Rhodes or, uh, you know, when he was wearing the mask, now Stardust, and all the other different, uh, you know, incarnations of Cody Rhodes. Uh, you know, he's been able to hold it down. A uh, very talented guy in that mid-card. Hasn't quite broken through yet to the main event, but uh, – very talented uh, guy coming from a great pedigree. And, you know, you can check us out again on our Facebook uh, page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. I had posted a link um, that, that Cody's wife felt the need to, to write a blog about it in response to some fan criticism on him coming out as go, as a Stardust and not coming out as Cody Rhodes to uh, uh, support his his father who had just passed away, to pay homage to his father. And, uh uh, to be honest with you, and I, I, I'd like to think that as far as wrestling fans goes, that, that a small percentage of idiots and morons and, and really insensitive pricks that decided that 
we're going to judge how a son uh, deals with the death of his father. Uh, I, I think that's that's appalling and disgusting. And anyone who felt the need to tweet or email or anything to the Rhodes family uh, that that Cody was incorrect in the way he paid homage to the the passing of his father, it's it's, it's appalling. Um, and personally, look, the way I look at it is this: number one, you can never ever ever pass judgment on how someone chooses to to deal with. Uh, a loved one passing away. Uh, you know, some people. Uh, you know, s- some people get really, really. Uh, you know, need to retreat. Some people uh, want to be around other people all the time. So everyone has their own way of dealing with with death, and and it's 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 horrible. Um, to me, if Cody came out as Cody and and cut a, a sensitive endearing, loving my father promo, I would have been fine with it. I, You know, that's fine. How, however, I got to say, for me as a wrestling fan, um, I immediately, when the match ended, I thought it was awesome. I, I'm like, you know, I know he doesn't know me, and it probably doesn't mean a thing, but I, like, I found myself, like, proud of Cody. Um, growing up in that family, uh, the legacy that he came from, uh, the all-time great that his father was, um, you know, back in the day, for a lot of younger wrestling fans that may not, you know, really, really be aware of this, you know, there was a thing called kayfabe. Uh, guys didn't admit that it was scripted. They didn't admit they were playing a character. Uh, bad guys and good guys stayed in different places. They didn't travel together. And to me, growing up in that era, for Cody to come out, completely in the Stardust character and never break character, to me, was such a great tribute to his father and that era. I thought it was very cool that he was completely in that Stardust character. And to be honest with you, as a wrestling fan, I kind of liked the beginnings of a program with Neville. I liked the whole comic book thing. It's a good, fun, entertaining thing to have, a program to have in the mid-card. So as a wrestling fan, I think think it works. And as a human being, to me, kudos to Cody for being able to come out and not break character, for being able to hold it together and give you a kick-ass match and stay in the character. To me, that first night back since Dusty's passing was a fitting tribute remaining in character. And I'm curious your thoughts on everything, Dave. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect him to return to Stardust. You know, WWE, with the way they tell stories, and sometimes they like to, you know, blend reality with fiction, I thought for sure they would have jumped on the, the uh, you know, jumped on the bandwagon and used, used Dusty's passing as a way to help catapult Cody's career as Cody Rhodes instead of Stardust. That's what I figured. Because they've done stuff like this before, and sometimes it's worked really well, and sometimes it hasn't. So I was kind of expecting him to go back to that Cody Rhodes character. He didn't, but I wasn't bothered with it either. And like you, I thought it was very you know fitting that he kind of stayed in character and really didn't break kayfabe and just went about his business. In, in performing it and, and living on a legacy, you know, that his, that his father built. Um, you know, some interesting things that I read um, following Monday night was that um, the plane that 
Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes used to travel on, which was owned by Jim Crockett and Jim Crockett Promotions, when they when they were in the heyday and they were selling out places left and right, when they were printing money, Crockett used to fly a lot of the talents on private jets. One of those jets was named Stardust. Um, the nickname that Cody used to go by when he was a referee, when he was first breaking into the business for Dusty for his father's independent promotion, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling, was his name was his nickname was Stardust as a referee, um, and. Then he even posted a picture on Twitter, an old picture of Dusty, where he had the tights and it said Stardust on the side. And Dusty always wore a star on his boots or a star on his tights, you know, before he did the polka dot thing. That's what Dusty used to do. So, in a way, him using that name and portraying that character in some ways is an homage, in a lot of ways, is an homage to his late father, but also his brother, too, because his brother has a similar character with the face paint and, and the, the, the oddball kind of behavior that um, Goldust is known for and is famous for. With that being said, overall, I, I enjoyed the match with Neville. I even enjoyed the match on, on Thursday with Neville. I did like the previews with the comic book, with the graphics, and I thought it was a fun little thing that they could, they could touch upon. It wouldn't surprise me if they have a rubber match tonight on the pay-per-view. Um, I, I won't go out there and predict that. I don't even know if it's true. But it wouldn't shock me if it's one of those surprise things. But I'm glad that, you know, he's getting on with his, with his life and he's trying to live the legacy that he feels is the best way to live, you know, his father's legacy. And that's not for you, not for me, not for anybody to tell him how he should continue his life without his father. So that being said, I, you know, thumbs up to, to, to Cody Rhodes for, for, for handling his business and, and like the quote said, finish what you start, kid. Amen. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, and I, I dig it. And, and the thing is, like, it's interesting, Dave, because you said, like, it it's kind of is an homage to both his dad and his brother. Um, but what I, I liked about it, and, and again, we'll see what happens. Um, to me, Cody's been, like, you know, one of those guys that's really holding down the, the mid-card. Um, you know, the, the, the way the character is evolving um, and and not being with his brother, it's like he's he's coming out of Goldust's shadow. He's not, you know, like what I liked, what I saw this week on SmackDown and Raw was a, a an individual, a guy that wasn't a character that wasn't just an offshoot of Goldust. It may be reminiscent of Goldust, it may be an homage to Goldust even, but it wasn't just an offshoot. It was it's becoming its its own entity and. I really liked what I saw out of Cody, and, and if tonight we get that rubber match, um, I'm cool with that, too. I'm cool if we don't get a rubber match and we see something uh, continue with the two of these guys, because to me, these two guys are, are guys that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing in a, in a, a longer program. Uh, very entertaining individuals, physically, um, very gifted, and, you know, to me, Dave, you know, I look at the two of them, and I think that Neville... He's got all the physical gifts in the world. Um, personality, character-wise, eh, there's some work to be done. But a very talented individual. Um, a guy who gets the business like Cody, a guy that, that has a legacy like Cody, you know, to me, nothing but good can come out of this for Neville to getting to being able to run a program with Cody Rhodes. Well, I mean... Some people may feel differently than I do. 
but I'll go on a limb and say it because I'm a very opinionated wrestling fan, but ever since Devil has broken onto the main roster, his run has been treated good, okay? He may not have won every single one of his matches, like most wrestling fans or the internet wrestling community or all the stupid freaking marks out there that think that they know it all, um, you know, think, feel that he should win every single match, but he's worked with a lot of great talent on his arrival to the, to the main roster. Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus, Wade Barrett, John Cena, okay? He took John Cena to the limit, in, in my opinion, aside from the match Cena had with Kevin Owens at uh, Money in the Bank, the match Cena had with Neville in the U.S. Open Challenge has been the best one that Cena's had since he won the title at WrestleMania, and he took Neville to the limit. And I, I think that Neville's character's been used well. He's a smaller guy, but that me that's that, that that's no hindrance on him his character is a very sympathetic lovable character um that people could sympathize with and want to rally behind and get behind and he's just exciting to watch so he's to me like i wouldn't say that like his character is untouchable but neville can bounce back from losses because people will still pay money to see him do what he does best so um you know a, a program with stardust the two of them something long term it would be beneficial for the both of them, and no matter who wins or loses. Exactly. So good stuff. And, and you know, maybe we get a match with them tonight. Um, it's interesting tonight because we have um, we got six matches on the card, uh, pre-show match, so five matches, I guess, essentially on the card. Uh, you know, pre-show is R-Truth, King Bad. We got Reigns, Wyatt, Seth Rollins, obviously, with Lesnar. Tag title match with the players versus the New Day, Owens and Cena for the U.S. title, and Orton versus Sheamus. Um, so a decent card right there, but I, I think it does leave some room uh, for some interesting things to happen tonight. And, you know, remember the big four. So we got SummerSlam, you know, right around the corner. Uh, do we see some kooky stuff happen tonight? Do we see some appearances? Um, do we see a match or two added? Um, lots of stuff coming into the match. You know, one of the things, you know, it's interesting, Dave, now when you look at, like, how the, the landscape of pro wrestling, and especially the landscape of WWE, uh, there's a lot of talent, and not. I don't think it's quite at the level of the Attitude Era, um, but it is at that level that, you know, there's a guy that's going to take your spot uh, if you're gone for too long, and, you know, it, it's one of those things, no disrespect to Daniel Bryan, uh, all the talent in the world, but I, I don't think the company is suffering by his loss because there's a lot of talent on the roster right now. You have guys that can fill up a pay-per-view, Um Injury to Ryback. Ryback, the IC title match taken off the card. Um, you know, from what I'm hearing, it's not a long-term injury, but um, it, it's definitely ill-timed. Uh, you know, wishing Ryback a speedy recovery and back soon. Uh, but we're looking at that match pulled off the card. You know, Ryback, a guy that, like, is pushed, and then, it, it, you know, it's been a back and forth with him over the course of his career. Again, hoping this is short-term and he's back real soon with that IC title. Um, but it's an interesting time right now as far as, you know, if you go down with an injury, there's a guy that's going to take your spot. As of now, Dave, no match on the card uh, surrounding that program between Ryback, Big Show, and Miz. No, there is not. There is, there's not a replacement match advertised. Um, we could find out on the uh, the pre-show on WWE Network if they replace the match. Um, I read a report earlier this afternoon that um, – Miz in a promo last night at a house show in Peoria, Illinois. 
hinted at a singles match between him and Big Show. That's very possible. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if um, you know Miz were to come out and complain and cut a promo about not having his title shot tonight, that something ensues between him and Big Show, or something ensues between him and Dean Ambrose, an individual who'd been red hot since WrestleMania. Um, you know, Ambrose is... Ambrose has been feuding with the authority with Seth Rollins over the title for the past few months. Um, red hot since, you know, the late springtime, and now he doesn't have a match on the card. So it wouldn't surprise me if they fill a slot open for him, you know, just kind of a throwaway match between him and Miz. Um, I know it wouldn't mean much, but for Dean Ambrose fans out there, it would mean that you get to see your guy on TV, um, you know, because I still believe that they have plans for him. They're just kind of shifting some things around a bit considering how big they want to make SummerSlam. And we'll get into that, you know, over over time on this show in the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, it wouldn't shock me in the world if uh, they, they did something like that to replace the Intercontinental title match tonight. I mean, it's just to see what happens. And, you know, everyone who's listened to this show for a long time, <clears throat> excuse me, and listened to a lot of stuff I've said and listened to some of the negativity I said, on this date, on this date, mark it down, it is July 19th, in the year of our Lord, 2015. It is 6.21 p.m. I love what The Miz is doing right now. I, I'm just thoroughly enjoying The Miz. All right, there you have it. You have it, all right? It, it's happened. It's out there. I'm, I'm all on board with this Miz character. Every time he's out, he's a true heel which to me, the WWE has gotten much better as of late with building true heels, guys that you really hate, like you really hate. They're not cool to hate. They're not cool like you kind of want to be them. They're just being a jerk. No, guys that you really legitimately, viscerally hate. I love Miz's character, the, the douchey scarf that he's got on, the, the, the promos, the, the sunglasses, everything about him. He's just, to me right now, and, and throw out the crap championship run he had because he didn't deserve it. Then he, he wasn't ready, and I don't know if he'll ever be ready for that level. However, I think right now, over the course of Miz's career, this is the best work he's ever done. I, I love everything he's doing. I, you know, and I think you know, no one's ever going to confuse uh, the Miz with Ric Flair, but... I think he's gotten a little bit better in the ring as well. And I, I think this character is just working right now. We'll see where it goes. Um, but I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm, I'm really kind of enjoying this, this real, you know, he doesn't have the awesome, so the crowd's kind of chanting with him. Um, he's just kind of, he's, a, he's just a, a douchebag, and, and I think it's awesome. Well, I mean, his character's always been a douchebag, but, you know, at, at, at varying levels. He's I think, a douchier uh, douchebag he, now, though. Yeah, he's like a super <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, you know, yeah, now he is. Um, he was, you know, just a regular douchebag before, but now he's a super <laughs> douchebag. Um, mark this date down, July 19th, the year 2015. I'm still saying something negative about The Miz. Um, I digress. But, no, seriously, in, in, in all seriousness, when it comes to his character, I like that his character has evolved. Um, you know, he went from being a joke to them, like, forcing him into the main event and being the champion, and then they kind of 
pulled the reins back from them, and they kind of, I wouldn't say they kept him at a standstill, but they didn't really, I would, I'd say he was floundering for, for at least a couple of years. And this Hollywood, in the past year, this Hollywood, you know, snob role that he's been playing, I mean, it fits him perfectly. It really does. Um, and like you said, even some of his in-ring work has gotten a lot better. And, you know, a testament to him and his talent, as well as a testament to the guys he's been in the ring with, too. Um, some of the best stuff he's done has been with Damian Sandow when they had that pair. And even now, you know, post, you know, Damian Sandow, um, he's actually been the, the, the one to reap the benefits from that from that rivalry than Damian Sandow does. And that's another conversation we could have at another time. But I, I'm, I, I'm, like you said, a true bad guy in 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 the rarest sense of the word. He's 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 definitely you know a throwback to what bad guys were years and years ago when we were watching. And I, I like where he's at now. I don't ever want to see him have the title again. But I, I like where he's at. It's interesting to bring that up, Dave, because I do feel like you know for for a long period of time we had. Um, a lot of, I guess you call them tweeners to a certain extent, but uh, heels that were heels as far as the script went, but they were getting a face reaction. And and they kind of ride that line and kind of, you know, hang out in the gray area, so to speak. And uh, I feel like as of late, and again, this is the stuff, it's an evolution, and, and is everything being knocked out of the park? Absolutely not. Um, but things are evolving. Things are, to me, with what the WWE has been doing as of late, it, it's moving in a, in a good direction. And I think you've got guys now, like, you know, right now what, what Barrett is doing, um, what Seth Rollins is doing, what The Miz is doing, um, you know, what Sheamus is doing, uh, uh, to a certain extent what Kevin Owens is doing. You've got, you got guys out there now that are really true heels. Heels like we grew up with. Heels that are getting booed. Heels that the crowd does not like. Heels that you want to see the face beat the holy hell out of. And let's face it, you know, heels are where the money's at. Heels, you know, those are the guys. So if you, the bad guy, you want to see the bad guy get killed. You know, that's, that's the thing. You know, as much as you wanted to see Hulk Hogan and, and Mr. T win at WrestleMania 1, equally... You just needed to see Roddy Piper get his ass kicked, you know? So that's, I mean, the, the, the truest heels are, are just, to me, like the benchmark of this business. If you can really, you know, resonate and really get that, that visceral reaction from a crowd where they just hate you. Like the guys that, the true heels are the guys that go out and, and booze are cheers to them. You know, if if one single person cheers in the crowd, it's all like the traditional heels would think, I didn't do my job tonight. Someone liked me. I need to make sure that guy hates me now. And right now, Dave, I think that there's there's really some, again, I'm not not anything compared to yesteryear. But I do think that the WWE is moving in a very good direction where we're getting that traditional sense of a heel where these guys aren't cool, they're not fun, they're just jerks. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that point up because it reminds me of a couple of things. First off, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, it's definitely not, uh, you know, 
what it was like in yesteryear when we were growing up watching it, but they have made a concerted effort to have the guys truly portray their characters to want to be hated. Okay. I think what hurt true heels was the attitude era, kayfabe, the internet. I think so many guys who were bad guys in wrestling, you know, wanted so badly to make money that they, they did stuff that was so bad that the people cheered it and, and reacted to it. And therefore those people wanted to pay money to see you just be you. And so wrestling heels, they, they kind of, I wouldn't say they like caught on to it like a drug addict does with a high, but they, they got off on it in a way where they made money from it. You know, I mean, the NWO or the, were, were, were supposed to be the, the ultimate bad guy group of guys. And you saw more people in the crowd in WCW wearing NWO t-shirts and they were the number one bad guy. Um, the other thing that reminds me of too, is a story that I, I was told by um, my good buddy of mine, Shane Helms, the hurricane. He told me, we we're talking about wrestling, good guys and bad guys. This is probably, I'd say probably about like six, seven years back, about seven years ago. I was at an indie show with him. He wasn't even on the card, um, and he didn't even make an appearance. Just kind of hanging out with him. Uh, Booker T was on the show. I think uh, uh, the late Viscera, Jerry Lawler. I was hanging out with him, and uh, we were talking about, like, good guys and bad guys and what works now, what doesn't in the landscape of wrestling at that time. And it was 2008, and uh, he said to me, he goes, you know, the one thing that lacks is, is you know, guys really stick – guys care more about making money than they do about really like sticking to their character. And what he meant by that was the heels. For instance, he said that some indie shows that he's gone to promoters will pay the heels more money. Okay. They will get a, a bigger payoff than the baby faces. Well, because the baby faces are designed to sell the merchandise. Why are you going to buy a bad guy's t-shirt? If you're paying money to see the baby face beat that bad guy. So, the promoters wouldn't have the bait, the heels out during autograph session at intermission or even before the show trying to sell their gimmicks because they're bad guys and you want the fans to pay their money to see the hero take down the villain. So that's why the promoter would pay the, ba- the, the, the heels more money than the baby faces. And I thought that was genius. And now I hear stories about that kind of stuff happening all the time. You see, I mean, uh, any shows I've been to, I see a mixture of the the, the heels and the baby faces, you know, in, in the same room, uh, selling their gimmicks, T-shirts, 8 by 10 taking pictures, stuff like that. But there are other independent organizations around the country that I've heard of where the, it's all just good guys out there selling their merch because they really want to stick to, you know, the good and the evil and separate the two. And really they're trying to, in some way, bring kayfabe back, even though it really won't come back, but it's a really good concerted effort, if I say so myself. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I, you know, to me, like, it's funny, because I remember, you know, when, you know, the infamous uh, Vince McMahon speech and, you know, him talking and, and saying, you know, uh, you know, years ago, like, you know, we're, we're, you know, not a traditional good guy versus bad guy, and, blah, 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 and like, you know, and, and uh, talking about almost like I want to, you know, operate more in the gray area because that's what people are like. And, uh, I, 
you know, back, you know, the way it was phrased, and that's like the brilliance of Vince McMahon, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, because Vince told me on it. But looking back on it and really thinking about it, no, man, I, I want the black and white. I want the extremes. I want the good guy versus bad guy. I want the morality play. That's what I want out of my wrestling. I, I want, you know, hero to vanquish the villain. That's what I want to see. You know, and I know it's it, it's an ongoing saga because it keeps going, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I want to see out of my pro wrestling. And, and I'm really enjoying what we're seeing out of the, the heel work right now uh, in the WWE and hopefully it continues to, to move in, in that direction. Um, so many things, again, looking forward to tonight's uh, Battleground, and there's so many rumors, like, swirling about Battleground. And uh, I love, I don't know if you ever read, uh, was it Kayfabe, Kayfabe News, Kayfabe Commentaries.com, this uh, satirical uh, website where they they, uh, uh, they write parody articles. And one of the articles they, they wrote today was, today, it was a couple of days ago, but it was uh, Undertaker, Sting, Andre the Giant, all confirmed for SummerSlam this year. And it's like, oh, good. Um, it's interesting, though, lots of names swirling about. Uh, you see pictures all over the place. It's amazing where, like, People love to share pictures like, ooh, here's a picture with The Undertaker with a suitcase. He must be coming to Battleground. He couldn't be going. It couldn't be a picture from years ago. It couldn't be a picture of him going on vacation somewhere because he's got a suitcase and his hat. He's holding his Undertaker hat. He's got his hat. He must be going to Battleground. Um, When you see that stuff, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I hope. I would love to see Taker tonight. Um, you know, there's rumors swirling of, you know, especially with Undertaker and Sting, uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Um, who the hell knows, man? It seems like, I, I mean, you get excited about this stuff. And, and part of the problem when these rumors circulate, and I don't know if it affects you, Dave, but sometimes you get so caught up in the rumor, you literally, like, you'll sit there. For the three hours watching Battleground, just waiting for the gong. You're just waiting. Like, when's the gong going to happen? And and then when it doesn't happen, you wind up thinking, oh, I'm disappointed. When it could have been a good show, but you're just waiting for that. So, to me, you can take this stuff with a grain of salt. It could be a, a, a big load of horse shit, or it might show up. Who knows what exactly they're going to be setting up. Um, SummerSlam down the road a piece. Rumors of Taker at SummerSlam. Um, I don't know what you're hearing, Dave, but to me, it's all conjecture and rumor at this point. Well, it's all rumor, but it's been consistently reported on for the past week or so um, of his status being tonight and then definitely tomorrow night on Raw. WWE hasn't formally advertised it, but... um, Normally, when you hear stuff about Undertaker, you hear about it around WrestleMania time. Um, it, since it's been more consistent, I'm kind of tending to believe it more that he'll be involved. Um, I mean, WWE has wanted to make SummerSlam a big event, and they're going to be in Brooklyn. Uh, the Barclay, they're running Barclays Center for three nights with NXT, SummerSlam, and Raw You know that weekend. And uh, Brooklyn is becoming a very... Um, uh, destination city for wrestling. Um, you know, WWE, usually when they run New York, they've always run the Garden, but they can't run the Garden much anymore because it's too expensive to run the Garden. Um, so Brooklyn's the next step, and Brooklyn has become, like I said, destination for wrestling. So um, they're really trying to hype up SummerSlam and make it 
have that WrestleMania weekend kind of feel. So the rumor is is that they want Undertaker involved. Um, there's been talk of an Undertaker Brock Lesnar rematch, uh, where Undertaker would avenge his WrestleMania 30 loss against Brock Lesnar, considering that Lesnar had taken out Undertaker's storyline brother Kane Monday night, and Taker has been name dropped in Paul Heyman promos since the streak was broken. Virtually at every chance Heyman got, he always dropped Undertaker's name. Um, it would make some sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense to me, though, is that, you know, okay, he wants to, his character would like to avenge the loss, but Brock Lesnar, it's not like the loss was devastating in terms of like he was cheated out of the match. You know what I mean? Lesnar's character beat Undertaker's character clean in the middle of that ring. So if Undertaker were to expose the realism in that match that he had a concussion, he wasn't at his best, and he wants another shot at Brock, then that would make a little bit more sense. But personally, I don't want to see the rematch, to be honest with you. Um, there's even been talk of Undertaker and Sting at SummerSlam. Okay? Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. The rumor I'm hearing as far as Sting goes is that he could appear at Battleground tonight, and he could get involved in the Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns match to kind of back Reigns up, because apparently... They want to insert Luke Harper into this rivalry and have him kind of reunite with Bray Wyatt, which could be the beginning of the Wyatt family reunion. So um, those seem to be the plans for Sting. However, you know, like I said, you take the rumors with a grain of salt. They're even talking about possibly doing Undertaker-Lesnar at WrestleMania next year or Undertaker-Sting at WrestleMania next year. There's a lot of different ideas and possibilities that they want to go with with either SummerSlam or with – with uh, uh, WrestleMania, but that's you know down the road a piece or two. Uh, my personal opinion: if they bring Undertaker back, I'd love to see him come back against uh, Seth Rollins and really put over Rollins strong as the champion, kind of get a good rub working with Undertaker. And they could kind of kind of dub this in some way as like Undertaker's farewell tour. He could work like big television markets, certain Raws, certain pay per views before he retires next year at WrestleMania and they could dub this like his last shot at the title against Seth Rollins. I don't know. I think that would be, I think that would be much better than just him and Brock Lesnar again. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a guy that, you know, I'd be totally cool with that. I agree with you. I don't, I don't want to see the rematch. I don't think, I don't think a lot of positive comes out of a rematch with, with Lesnar and Taker. Um, because number one, there's not a lot of suspense there. Um, if you don't have the Undertaker win, then retire on the spot. Um, and a loss for for Lesnar, I don't know. Like where Lesnar's character is right now, a, a, a straight up one on one loss to the Undertaker. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that's good for him either. I just I, I don't like that that storyline. Um, we'll see what happens with Taker and Sting. Part of my problem with Taker and Sting at WrestleMania, as much as the names will help probably sell tickets, uh, you know, Taker's winning that match. There's no suspense. There's no way they're having Sting go over uh, at WrestleMania against The Undertaker. That's just not happening. And then Sting would be 0-2 uh, at WrestleMania. So, I mean, that remains to be seen. Um, but, again, all rumors and conjecture. Uh, who knows? But again, you know, SummerSlam is is one of the the big four. Um, I expect that we're going to see something big, and if that means the return of the Undertaker and or Sting heading into that, 
Uh, that's pretty exciting. But I, I tell you, and, and again, I, I just said it before, you're watching Battleground tonight. Just enjoy Battleground. Don't sit there waiting for the surprise, waiting for someone to show. If they do show, it's a pleasant surprise. But don't get caught up with the idea that, like, oh, I need to see the Undertaker tonight because uh, just because you saw a picture of him carrying his hat. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call as we get set for WWE's Battleground. We still got to get to predictions on on the match by match. We got Mike Riker from RantSports.com will be coming up a little bit later on. But let's go out to the phones for a little bit. We got some people who've been patient on hold, and we got Rocky who is on the line. Uh, Rocky, are you there? I am here, Ken. How you doing, brother? What do you got for us? Doing good. Um, listen to you guys bringing up a couple of good good points. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Battleground. I think you got a, a couple of good matches lined up, especially the uh, your uh, Cena Owens. Uh, I'm even finding entertainment in the tag uh, in the tag arena with primetime players in New Day. But uh, what I wanted to bring up is actually kind of a counterpoint to the point you're making. I 100% agree that right now at this at this time, the WWE is doing great things as far as developing their heels. My question I pose to you and Dave uh, to to foster the debate, who is your next great face? Because when we look, when we look at the pictures right now, uh, you know, John Cena is obviously the name that comes up, but, you know, let's take Cena out of it because he's in the U.S. title picture. Everything that they've thrown at Rollins, uh, you know, they've – They've thrown Ambrose at him. They've thrown uh, uh, they, they've thrown other shield. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember Roman Reigns' name, and now I just remembered it. They've thrown Roman at him. But really, as far we've got a couple of great charismatic heels that are running the business right now. My question to you is, who is your next great face? You right now you have Brock. You have Brock in that slot, but let's face it, you know he's. If anything, at this point, you can see him riding the line as a tweener. But I'm really having a problem with thinking about it and coming up with a next great face. What do you guys think? I, I, to me, it's, it's an excellent question. Um, and, and, guys, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think that the first thing you do kind of look to the shield. Um, and, and whether we see Seth Rollins uh, flip and become a face uh, – if Roman Reigns is able to take that mantle, and obviously Dean Ambrose, uh, who is you know widely popular, and Ambrose you know is able to ride that um, you know kind of tweener vibe where uh, he's edgy, people like the edginess, uh, um, so he's, he's you know there are heel qualities about him, but he's a good guy. Um, but I think it's the next. I don't know if there's anybody in the the promotion right now that I would look at, and I'd bet the farm that they would be the next, quote, great face. I do think that we might be moving into an era, and it's interesting, like, you know, people look back on the Attitude Era, and to me, they look at, you know, like Stone Cold becomes the, like, you know, the guy. Like, the, you look back at it, it, it was Stone Cold's era. There was Hulk Hogan's era, there was Stone Cold's era. Um, but, like, when I, when I think about the Attitude Era and living through the Attitude Era, to me, it was, it was more of an ensemble, as much as maybe he was like the top guy, I, I always looked at that era as you know, it was it was him, it was it was Rock, it was uh, Triple H, it was Shawn Michaels, it was you know it was, there was just so many guys and so many talented guys that I, I 
I always kind of looked at that as like an ensemble cast as opposed to, you know, really having that bona fide, you know, top guy. Um, as much as Austin was, and he was the merch guy and everything, but, you know, as a fan, I just felt that it was more of an ensemble kind of feel. Um, we might wind up moving into a direction where maybe the WWE does kind of have that more of an ensemble kind of feel where, uh, you know, it's not, you know, guys kind of rotate in and out as the top face in the company, but uh, it's an excellent question. It's a good point. I don't know if there's any one guy. If you, if you put a gun to my head and said, you know, give me a prediction on the next guy that would be the top face in the company. If I had, I, I, I probably bet on Ambrose, but it, it's, I'm hedging that bet. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it, it's a damn good question. Dave, what do you think? Well, I, I would I would agree with you that I think we're in an era where, like you said, that there's an ensemble cast. I think, you know, you're you're not going to see the face of WWE. You're going to see faces of WWE in terms of you know people that you identify WWE wrestling with. Um, you know, I could list off a name of names, but um, the great face, like a, a great baby face, honestly. I, I, I people may disagree with me, but if he was, if his character was portrayed in in, in a certain manner and correctly, I would go with Roman Reigns. I think since Roman Reigns' WrestleMania um, match with Brock Lesnar, which by the way was a great match, he stepped it up, and people really started to show him respect that he wasn't getting beforehand. Um, you know, his character has been portrayed with having the odds stacked against him, against the authority, and then with with, with with Bray Wyatt, you know, now kind of breathing down his neck. They've almost kind of, and you know, him getting screwed out of money in the bank, screwed out of a few title shots. It's almost like his character has um, has been booked, like, for failure so that they could eventually have him rise through the ashes and come up again. Kind of like what Daniel, what Daniel Bryan's character went through in late 2013, heading into uh, 2014 and his run, you know, towards WrestleMania in New Orleans. I think that's what they're kind of doing with, with Reigns. And I think with the, the, the portrayal of his character and, you know, obviously his real life persona on that WWE network special, I think that that would help greatly and, and immensely for him. I think his reactions have gotten a lot better. Um, you're not hearing as many boos from the fans. You're hearing a lot more cheers than you are boos. Um, I think you know he, he gets he gets really he's really popular from what I understand in Canada. Like he's a huge baby face in Canada and in the southern towns, southern wrestling towns because the southern wrestling towns they still kind of stick to that motto of baby face and heel. You cheer the baby face, you boo the bad guy, and and Reigns is getting heavy praise during his matches and he's improved in the ring his mic work is limited but it's still good they don't have him go out of his comfort zone with the corny jokes i i truly think if you kind of stay on this path with him and and and, and keep doing what you're doing with him i think eventually he'll be like a a, a great baby face somebody that you can look to and, and 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 look to as the hero that you want to see vanquish the villain you know or the champion i I'm going to live and say Roman Reigns. Okay, that's that's a that's a fair statement, and I perfectly agree with both of you that, you know, when you look back at the attitude, they are definitely an ensemble. Uh, you know, you had your Rocks, you had your Austins, you had your Jerichos, your Mankinds, 
And I just find it interesting that right now they are wor- they are working the heel angles and they are doing a you know they're doing their job with a palm. But on the flip side of that coin, they're definitely going to have to start working on developing. You know, you, you got to develop a hero to come against the bad guy. Uh, and another point before I go, because I, I've I've looked at the match lineup, and again, some great ma- some great matches. I'm looking forward to. One thing I'm curious though, I don't know, uh, I don't know maybe if you guys know different. I'm looking for a women's match, and I don't see one, which I find interesting considering the bring up they've had from their NXT division of you know their their three of the four horsewomen. And, you know, I, I'd really like to see some development of women's wrestling, especially the, the first pay-per-view after you bring some talent up. Uh, I don't know if you you guys have any information that I don't. I haven't heard anything. I mean, I've heard that there are rumors that we might get something. Um, you know, it's it's not a, a, a big card. Uh, so you would think that there's definitely space. I agree with you. You know, it's such a... Look, we're on the verge right now, and, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, eras and, and time periods. And, and, look, the Divas division, no disrespect, but it's it's been the, the drizzle shits for a long period of time. And, like, let's let's face it, man. Like, it's just – it's been an absolute joke. And, and I, I, you know, I, I want to see decent female wrestling. I mean, it was funny, man, and, and it's almost like on some levels the WWE even knows it. Because at WrestleMania this year, they had, like – the musical guest and like the divas match back to back. It was like we're gonna get a nice extended bathroom break. So just got and like that was exactly like half the stadium exited during that period of time. Like we had no interest in the musical act. I don't even remember who it was. And no interest in the divas match. It's like, all right, time to hit the head. Um I agree with that in one felt swoop, uh what you saw on Monday night, it was like ladies wrestling is back. And back in a big way. And it could be huge. And, you know, the pay-per-view after that happened, you would think capitalized. But uh, as of now, I don't know what you're hearing, Dave. I mean, I'm just hearing rumors that maybe there'll be something. Um, but other than that, I haven't heard anything. I've I've heard that uh, a rumor that, you know, all the NXT girls from Monday Night Segment, they're all in town in St. Louis where Battleground's going to be tonight. Uh, there isn't an official match that has been announced as of right now, but it, I, I, I'll bet the farm that some kind of match between the girls will take place on tonight's card, but I think they're saving up the, the, the big showdown to take place at SummerSlam between all the girls. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Like you said, it, you know, Monday night was made to seem like re- women's wrestling is back and back in a big way. And, um, I think we'll see hints of that, and I think we'll see some foreshadowing um, from a match tonight to uh, kind of give you a clear indication where they're going um, with the girls moving forward and at SummerSlam. Okay, Rocky, thanks a lot for the phone call. Good stuff, as always. Uh, Enjoy the pay-per-view. It should be a fun night, and uh, actually, I'll, I'll talk to you real soon. (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, brother. And you know, speaking of as we were talking about true heels and stuff, you know, I'm like, you know, as as, as the show goes on, you know, I'm I'm doing the show, I'm talking, and I'm scouring the internet for uh, 
things, just uh, information and what have you. But I came across, uh, it posted about an hour ago on the WWE's Facebook page, and they were, <coughs> excuse me, what's going on here? Anyway, they were doing an interview with uh, Rob Schamberger. And if you don't know that name, Rob Schamberger is like that, that artist, the guy that, that does all those really cool paintings that you see on, on WWE.com. Uh, just great artwork as far as, uh, you know, painting wrestlers, moments in wrestling history. And uh, they were interviewing him uh, about his artwork. And Kevin Owens came by and uh, completely destroyed his painting of John Cena. So, uh, again, you know, stuff where, uh, you know, this poor artist is trying to uh, talk about his artwork and his inspirations and what have you. And uh, Kevin Owens comes and just destroys his work of art. So, again, uh, you know, we're getting those those true heels, those just absolute jerks, which is, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just, I love it. I, I think it's just so cool, like, seeing uh, these, these true heels out there. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones for our feel-good moment of the day, because I think this is Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? I can I miss you. It's Justin! Yay! <laughs> Justin, long time no speak. How are you, my man? I'm good. I'm glad you're doing well. Are you excited for Battleground this evening? Oh, yes, I am, Ken. Let me ask you, what match are you looking forward to most tonight? It's going to be um, Randy Orton versus Sheamus for the WWE Championship. Well, it, you know, it's, a, it's not for the championship, but um, that's definitely, you know, it's interesting that you picked that match up up because uh, two guys that have been around, I mean, Randy Orton been around for a while. Uh, personally, I think Randy Orton, he's a guy that there's way too many wrestling fans that do not realize that you're seeing something very special. Uh, out of a guy like Randy Orton has got so so much talent in that man. It, it's it's unbelievable uh, for a guy who's six five. Uh, the athleticism in him is just he's you know he's a guy. When I watch Randy Orton, I think that if he decided to be a basketball player, he would have been a great basketball player. He would like, he just he's just such a pure athlete. And uh, to me, he's really hitting his stride as he gets a little bit older. Um, but that's a good call by your part, Justin. You know, I know that, like, the obvious storylines, uh, you know, Cena and Owens have been pushed a lot. Obviously, the championship match with Rollins and Lesnar, um, you know, a match that maybe is flying under the radar a little bit. But uh, Orton and Sheamus, uh, you know, I love Sheamus' new character. Again, another, another true heel. Love what he's been doing lately. Uh, I, I really enjoy his work. Um, so I think this could be one of those, like, hard-hitting brawl-type matches with maybe a couple of good spots, and quite frankly, perhaps, perhaps an RKO out of nowhere remains to be seen, but maybe, maybe we'll see an RKO out of nowhere. But uh, I'm curious your thoughts, Justin. Who do you think wins this match between Randy Orton and Sheamus? Um, Roman Reigns? <laughs> I love you, Justin! Between Randy Orton and Sheamus, who wins that match? Sheamus. Sheamus is going to win the match. Wow. Gutsy call, Justin. Gutsy call. I'll give you more because you brought up Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns is wrestling Bray Wyatt. What are your thoughts there? Who wins that match? Um, it's going to be Roman Reigns against Ray Ryan. 
Bray Wyatt. So who do you think wins that match? Roman Reigns. Oh, are you asking me? I mean, be confident in your picks, my man. I think... You're good. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're a bright dude. You know you're wrestling. <laughs> you're funny, Ken. <laughs> Dustin, you're awesome. It's been way too long. You need to not be a stranger. Give us a call. We'll be back on the tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8. Get get you guys ready for Monday Night Raw. So, uh, great hearing from you, Justin. Good picks. Again, I, I'm digging your pick as far as the match you're looking forward to. I think that's one that's kind of flying under the radar, but uh, it could probably be a very entertaining match. And thank you for the call. Uh, again, don't be a stranger. Let's talk to you real soon, dude. Yeah, tell Dave he's the best. Well, you can tell Dave. Dave's on the air. Tell, tell Dave. Hey, Dave, you and Ken are the best hosts on the Ken Reedy Show. I thought you said I was the best. You're the best, too. <laughs> Justin, you rule. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. I'll talk to you real soon, man. Take it easy. Take it easy, Ken. Bye. Good stuff from Justin. You know, and, and Dave, I mean, that wouldn't be the match that would jump out for me, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a pretty entertaining matchup, uh, Seamus versus Orton. I think it will be, too, very hard-hitting. Um, if you want a prediction, I will go prediction. And uh, I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Ooh, we're going to start the predictions. And uh, the love fest will begin, because I agree. I think, you know, and I kind of hinted at it during that phone call, a little, little hint, but uh, I think we're going to get some sort of kooky out of nowhere tonight. Uh, something, I don't know what he's going to do. It, I stay, I. I am so high on Randy Orton right now, it's not even funny. I just think this guy is, he's finally put it all together. Like, he's grown up, he's matured, uh, he's got all this knowledge about the business, he grew up in the business, he's physically gifted. Like To me, like, everything is, is in line right now for, for Randy Orton, and uh, uh, I would agree with you. I think Orton's going to win the match uh, with some sort of crazy RKO out of nowhere, um, and it's going to be a very entertaining, hard-hitting matchup. Uh, we got a lot to get. We got more predictions to get to you. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. We got predictions. We got opinions. We got speculation. We'll get you news if news breaks. Uh, we got Mike Riker on the other side of the break. But right now, as we do each and every pay-per-view show, it's time for Dave's pay-per-view throwback. Take it away, Dave. Good evening, class. I hope you're staying cool on this hot summer night. Welcome to another edition of Pay-Per-View Throwback. I'm your wrestling historian extraordinaire, Dave Rosenbluth. And tonight, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Tonight's lesson plan was rather difficult to come up with. Why do you ask that? You see, as much as you enjoy a look back at WWE Pay-Per-View history through the mind of a passionate wrestling fan like myself, I enjoy traveling back in time with you, teaching you some of the more memorable and some of the more forgettable moments from years past. But tonight is WWE Battleground, an appropriate name for any event, as the 20 by 20 squared circle is the proverbial battleground on a nightly basis. The backdrop for any and all stories to be told in this wonderful world we love known as professional wrestling. 
However, tonight marks the third annual Battleground event, with only two previously taking place since its inception in 2013. And with that being said, I really can't give you the history of an event that's only turning three years old without more Battleground events previously taking place prior to tonight. Unfortunately, this class is at a standstill. On a personal note, at the inaugural event, one particular match that comes to mind is the emotional story of the late, great American dream Dusty Rhodes backing up his two sons, Goldust and Cody, as they tangled with the Shields, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns, who had Dean Ambrose in their corner. A classic encounter with great storytelling, reminiscent of tag team wrestling from the 1980s. Some would say a throwback, if you will. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is that with two years' worth of battlegrounds in the books, the only memory that's worth discussing is that tag match that I just previously mentioned. So with that being said, class dismissed. Wait, 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 wait just a minute. Did you think I'd let you slide that easy? Did you think you'd be getting a pass this month? Trust me. I've got something in store for you. See, the dilemma of not having enough historical battleground facts to teach you caused me to take a different approach with this lesson plan, a different approach that still lives up to the theme and meaning behind my pay-per-view throwback classes, all the while bringing you full circle to tonight's event. You see, tonight's battleground will emanate from St. Louis, Missouri, a city rich in wrestling history. Some experts have dubbed the Lou the professional wrestling capital of not only the Midwest, but also for the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Greats like Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, The Funks, Dusty Rhodes, and Nature Boy Ric Flair, just to name a few, drew sellout crowds to what was then known as the Keel Center and perfected their craft while making wrestling history, competing for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship that has stood the test of time. At some point over the years, WWE has held numerous pay-per-view events in the very same building, which is now known as the Scott Trade Center, and created classic moments that you can now find only on the WWE Network for the ridiculously low price of $9.99. And that's without tax, folks. I just checked my bank statement earlier this week just to prove it. So I think you know where I'm going with this. Tonight's pay-per-view throwback goes on the road. A podcast field trip. I'd like to call it, to the great city, St. Louis, Missouri. To get started, let me take you back to 1997. Bad blood in your house. On that very evening, a number of firsts were set to occur, the likes of which would change wrestling history. It was on that night that the very first Hell in the Cell match took place. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker set the bar very high and drew the blueprint of what Hell in the Cell matches have been famous for since its debut on that fall evening. It was also in that very same match that we witnessed the first sighting of The Undertaker's on-screen brother, Kane. His debut is still talked about as one of the most memorable in WWE history, as the devil's favorite demon let the whole world know what he thought of his brother, The Undertaker. As you may all know, Taker is rumored to be returning tonight, and I can guess that St. Louis may be kinder to him tonight 
than Kane was at Bad Blood, 1997. Fast forward to a year later, The Rock, The Great One, The Brahma Bull, The People's Champ, If You Smell LLLL, What The Rock Is Cooking, etc., etc., etc. It was a Survivor Series, 1998, in a WWF Championship Deadly Game Tournament that with the help from the McMahon family, The Rock captured his first of eight world titles in WWE. We all know how The Rock's career turned out after that night, now don't we? But with triumph comes the fall. Because that very same building is also where The Rock was dethroned as the WCW World Heavyweight Champion by none other than Chris Jericho at No Mercy in 2001. So in The Rock's case, the good does come with the bad. Speaking of bad... Kevin Owens, who claims to be one bad dude, has set WWE on fire since debuting on the main roster earlier this summer. He looks to become WWE United States Champion by defeating a man who has had an impressive and memorable resume in the city of St. Louis, that man being John Cena. It was in that city where John Cena made his Raw debut during the 2005 WWE Draft Lottery and Cena has been the face of Monday Night Raw and WWE ever since. Owens looks to end that tonight, but he won't be the first person to cause Mr. Cena defeat in this historical city. It was 2010, the very first Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and in the opening match, an Elimination Chamber match, Cena captured the WWE Championship inside the brutal structure, only to lose it minutes later to a fresh Batista who was granted an immediate title shot by WWE Chairman Mr. McMahon. It was also at Raw 1000 in 2012, where Cena, who wasn't batting 1,000 that night, made history becoming the first WWE superstar to not capture the title from cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, in all fairness to Cena, outside interference from Big Show and The Rock caused Cena to not dethrone champion CM Punk. Could Cena's bad luck in the city of St. Louis continue tonight at the hands of Kevin Owens? We shall see. Few individuals who've had their string of good luck in St. Louis are the former members of The Shield. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. All three men captured their first taste of WWE gold at Extreme Rules in 2013. Ambrose won the United States title and the duo of Rollins and Reigns snagged the tag team titles from Team Hell No. Reigns looks to exercise his demons with the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt tonight, while Seth Rollins hopes to burn Suplex City to the ground while leaving with his WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Ambrose, on the other hand, isn't scheduled for a match on the card, but I have a hunch that the Lunatic Fringe may not have the night off after all. St. Louis is a city that holds near and dear to the heart of the Viper Randy Orton, as it's the hometown of the former World Heavyweight Champion. Orton's opponent tonight is Sheamus, Mr. Money in the Bank, another individual that has had his fair share of good luck in that very same building where he hopes to defeat Orton, the Scott Trade Center. It was in 2012 in the Royal Rumble match where the Celtic Warrior punched his ticket to Miami and WrestleMania 28, winning the Royal Rumble, and also starting his the infamous 18-second victory over Daniel Bryan, which was the birthplace of the Yes Movement. 
Did Sheamus defeat the Viper in his hometown on his path to becoming WWE World Heavyweight Champion? And speaking of that, could St. Louis be the birthplace of a new reign as WWE World Heavyweight Champion for Sheamus? As we all know, he is still in possession of that Money in the Bank briefcase. Some would seem to think that after the carnage, the mayor of Suplex City plans to unleash on the undisputed future Seth Rollins. Tonight could be as good a time as any for Sheamus to pick the bones and become WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Now that's if Seth Rollins somehow escapes with the victory. But if Brock puts the final nail in Rollins' coffin, I tend to believe that the creator of White Noise will pick another day to cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase. And as if things couldn't come any more full circle, rumors suggest that Sting will return to tonight's big event. But this isn't the first time Sting has made some noise in, the great, in this great city so rich with wrestling history. Take a trip back to the fall of 2014. Survivor Series. Team Cena versus The Authority in a traditional five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. High stakes in this matchup, and when there's high stakes... There's big players. That big player would make history. As Sting made his WWE debut, preventing the authority from sneaking out of victory and igniting his rivalry with Triple H. In closing class, Missouri is known to some, if not most, as the show-me state. And I, I hope I showed you not only that I will do virtually anything to make a lesson plan as enjoyable and informative for you, and I hope I showed you that St. Louis, Missouri is a city that's provided some classic moments not only in WWE history, but in professional wrestling, too. Thank you for your time. And, class, you are indeed dismissed. Good stuff. I always like that. I get to sit back and just learn a little bit of professional wrestling. It's good stuff. But, um, you know, we're, as we get into this and we're getting closer and closer to the start of Battleground, uh, and we're in the pre-show on the WWE Network, so what I suggest to all of you, throw on the network right now, start watching the pre-show, on mute, and listen to us, because we're just more better. Well, anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, more better. <laughs> there, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get, because we do our predictions, and uh, I just wanted to get in our pre-show match prediction uh, for kingship of the WWE, uh, King Barrett. Bad News Barrett, the Barrett Barrage, versus R-Truth. That, uh, I, you know, R-Truth's awesome. I mean, it's just like, you can just see, like, in the back offices, they just say, you know, whatever ridiculous thing they need someone to do, R-Truth is like, I'll do it. I'm fine. Still getting a paycheck? Cool. I'll do it. Um, I, this should be an entertaining matchup. R-Truth's always good for a few laughs. King Barrett, talk about a guy that, uh, ill-timed injuries uh, that, you know, I would have pegged him as a main event player a while ago. I, I do wonder now if he'll ever get there, but I, I love the King gimmick with him. Um, I'm going to go with Barrett with the victory. As much as I honestly could see R-Truth winning and uh, this be a jumping-off point for a, a, a different version of, of Barrett, uh you know, maybe an ang- an angrier Barrett. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, so to speak, but uh, I, I just I, maybe it's more wishful thinking than anything. But I love the uh, King gimmick. I think uh, finally, you know, beating our truth and maintaining the King gimmick uh, gives him more credibility as the King. Um, so I'm going to go with Barrett uh, in a, our pre-show matchup. I w- am going to agree with you and let this love fest continue. 
Um, I do think, though, that after tonight, after he cements his victory over our truth that he is the king, I think sooner rather than later he's going to uh, get rid of the the king persona and go back to uh, being a little bit more serious as bad news Barrett. Um, in his promo the other night on television, he was very serious in how he was going to beat our truth and reclaim, uh, you know, his throne, so to speak, as, as being the king of WWE. And I think, you know, we've gotten a taste of what he's like as the king, but I think he's going to use that to catapult himself into bigger things as Bad News Barrett. That's just wishful thinking, but also my prediction as well. So, And there you go. So we both agree on that. Remains to be seen. We'll bring you the results of that match as soon as we have it. Let's go back out to the phone, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. And uh, we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how you doing this evening? Good. What's going on, guys? Not much. Are you pumped for Battleground? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I actually, uh, I didn't hear the beginning of the show, so I don't really know what you covered. I was at an, I was at an indie show. Shame on you. Drenched in sweat. I, but I did run into uh, Mr. Trivia and Nuxter down there, so it was the first time I met those guys, so that was pretty cool. Shame, but, uh, shame on you. What's that? <laughs> shame on you. Last time you were on this show, you disrespected Hulk Hogan, and now you come on our show not knowing what happened on our show? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is like the second strike. Wait, wait, how did they Hogan? I, I, I thought that was a compliment. I mean, you put a guy over. That's isn't that what he's supposed to do? You, 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 you spoke ill of a of a loss that shouldn't count in the history of wrestling. Okay, okay. I know, I know. It's tough on you. Well, my favorite Hogan is probably with Hogan. So. But <laughs> oh, thank you. Continue. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're never gonna let me live that one down. But, uh, but yeah, I'm. I no, you'll do something else. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it, Hopefully not in the next few weeks. Did I lose you? You there? Yeah. What do you got? Oh, I'm here. I thought I lost okay. you guys. Sorry. So, um, I would say uh, the three matches that I'm really uh, obviously looking forward to would be the big three. You know, Owens, Owens, Cena, um, Rollins, uh, Lesnar. And I'm actually looking forward to Reigns and Wyatt, even though I wasn't really big into the whole uh, feud when it started. But uh, I think it's done a little something for Reigns, just making him meaner, you know, uh, just having him look a little stronger and, you know, getting rid of the stupid jokes and the dumb smile. So I think it's helped on him. But um, I don't know if you guys went into it yet already. I'm I'm really interested in what you guys think where they're gonna go with Lesnar and Rollins. Do you think they put the strap back on on Lesnar? I mean, personally I don't think they will. Um, but it's it's pretty interesting. I kinda like going into matches not really knowing what's gonna happen. I agree with you. I, I think you know, as as a, and we've talked about it on the show a number of times in the past, you know, when you you know, you watch this long enough, it gets pretty easy to predict what's going to happen. And when you're in a situation where you really don't know, um, it's kind of cool. And I do think you have that with a championship match. Um, I think the obvious thing to do is for Lesnar to kill him and, and win the title. Um, I just, I am digging what Rollins has been doing. Again, we talked earlier actually about the, the evolution uh, of, you know, going back to 
uh, the true heat, the heel that you really hate. And I, uh, I think Rollins has done a masterful job at being just this weasley, sniveling heel that uh, cheats and, and, and does whatever he can to, uh, you know, maintain his status as, as a WWE champion. And uh, uh, I think the obvious choice would just, to, like I said, to see Lesnar win, but I don't think that's going to happen. I guess I'm, I'm kind of like kind of giving away my prediction, but uh, I don't know how much longer he's going to hold on to that belt, and he may eventually lose to Lesnar. But, uh, and I know there's lots of rumors of maybe a cash-in or something. I don't see that tonight, and that's just me. Um, but look, whatever you brought it up, why not throw a prediction out there? I I just think that some way, shape, or form, uh, Rollins is going to weasel his way into holding on to that title, and somehow he's going to figure out a way to beat Brock Lesnar tonight. What do you think, Dave? Uh, you know what? I I was when we talked about it earlier with the speculation with Undertaker. Um, you know, I've, I've been thinking about what they could, what direction they could go in. Um, I don't think putting the belt back on Lesnar is is a great move. It would be a good move, but it would be a great move. I think a lot of people were against him having the belt and being off TV for so long, considering the kind of schedule he has. I don't think they want to make that same mistake twice. I think somehow, some way, he will find a way to squeak out a victory from Brock Lesnar, and Brock will get set up doing something else for SummerSlam. But I could see... Seth Rollins standing tall at the end of the night with the title, and Undertaker makes his appearance at the end to let it be known, I'm coming after you for the belt. As big of a deal as it is for Rollins to be scared of having to face Lesnar, it would be an even bigger deal to be going up against the phenom, the conscience WWE, the Undertaker. So I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Seth Rollins will He'll leave Battleground with the title. I don't see a cash in at all. Seth Rollins is champion at the end of that match. I I I tend to agree with you guys, and I, I like I said, I don't really know which way they're going to go with it, which I like, but I'm I'm in Rollins' corner in this one. I think he should win, um, even if it's like you said, squeaks one out. You know, how, however it happens, maybe just some interference, a count out. However he does that, I mean, obviously he's probably going to take somewhat of a beating before that. But I just, I, I like his run as champion. I think it should, should continue. And even like the other day when he sent those tweets out, I think, Ken, you might have reposted them, you know, where he's kind of calling out the fans. Like, last year you couldn't stand Lesnar. Now you want him to beat me. And he's just, <clears throat> everything Rollins is doing is just, I think it's just, it's great. And uh, I don't know, I think if, if if you pull that title off him too soon and then maybe put him back in a smaller program, maybe he loses some of that momentum. And I don't necessarily think you lose anything with Brock not having the title. I agree with you. I think I don't think Lesnar needs the title necessarily. I, and I think that it's it's you know again that true heel uh, that Rollins having the belt and continually figuring out a way to to hold on to that belt. It's frustrating as a fan. It's like you just want to see this guy get his ass kicked, and he just doesn't. And he keeps finding a way and finding a way, and that's awesome. Like, that's what you want out of a true heel is just that frustration that, you know, and now you can see it in the fans. Like, and this would really help Rollins' character as a heel. I mean, you can see it, man. Like, at this point in time, Rollins has done such a nice job of being a heel, and the tweets were awesome. And it's, it's you know, he's calling out the internet wrestling fan, and he's just, he's pissing off everybody. 
you know, and he's using social media to maintain that heel persona, and he's he's doing such a nice job with with all of that. And oh my God, fans just want to see Lesnar beat the holy hell out of Rollins and and take that belt from him, and to, to really solidify Rollins as the top heel in the company. For him to figure out a way to walk out of battleground with that title after facing the Beast Incarnate, um, it's it's just it's gonna put Rollins' stock through the roof. Lesnar will lose nothing. He is fine. Uh, I just think it's it's the way to go. Um, and and Rollins is just come tomorrow night. Rollins is just gonna be the most hated man in America. He's just. And he's going to come out, he's going to open up Monday Night Raw with that big, stupid, shit-eating grin on his face and just <laughs> smug as hell and just, you guys thought, and I, I, I won again. I won again. And, and I just, I think it totally works for his character. It is the direction to go in. It makes sense. And, you know, if Triple H is the guy that's moving the company in this direction, all the, the props to him, what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that that's what we're going to see. We, we may very well see an absolute ass beating, but somehow in the end, uh, Rollins is going to figure out a way. Uh, Anthony, great call. Thanks as always. Hope, hoping the battleground, I mean, it's got a decent card, very entertaining. Talk to you tomorrow night, get some battleground reaction as we get set for Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for the call, Ant. All right, guys, enjoy the show. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thanks a lot, brother. Take it easy. And now, I'm excited, man. We finally, uh, we got the man is on the line. You may have known him. He was the producer of the hit Sirius XM radio show, Busted Open. And now he's he's off doing, uh, he's blogging. He's an internet uh, wrestling blogger for Rant Sports. Check out rantsports.com. Uh, we're going to talk a little battleground, a little history, just a bunch of wrestling stuff. Very excited to have Mike Riker. On the line, Mike. How you doing this evening? What's up, gentlemen? How are things? Doing great. I'm I'm psyched, man. I'm psyched that you're. Uh, we finally got you on. Uh, uh, give us a little bit before we get into like the wrestling stuff. Uh, you're blogging now. I know you, you're you've been a fan forever. Uh, you love the business of pro wrestling. Uh, for fans who want to go, who are listening now, want to head over to Rant Sports. Uh, give us a little bit on what is Rant Sports. Uh, what you're doing over there. Just just. Give us a little synopsis of what's going on there. Yeah, RantSports.com is actually the website. Uh, you can check out my pro wrestling articles on that site. Uh, doing a lot of stuff, actually, you know, actually, you know, predictions. Uh, I got my battleground predictions up now on on RantSports.com, uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great site, much like Bleacher Report. We try to compare websites, but it's much like Bleacher Report, where you get a lot of uh, opinions and takes, and then. You can reach out to, to me on that site as well at rantsports.com slash Mike Riker. Uh, so, yeah, we do a lot of wrestling talk, a lot of opinion pieces. Uh, I have one out on Dixie Carter as well. So uh, a lot of uh, strong opinions on rantsports.com. Very cool. So, guys, check that out. Again, that's rantsports.com. Check out Mike Riker's blogs. And uh, I'm curious, man, because I know you and, and my co-host, Dave, uh, you're both you know great with the, the wrestling history uh uh, you know, you go back a, a while, um, a ways, you know, in your wrestling fandom. Um, I'm just curious, and I wanted your take on this, uh, the loss of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, mm. Dusty Rhodes' place in history, what he meant to you as a fan, 
Um, just give us your thoughts on Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, Dusty was, I mean, this one hurt. You know, I, I, you know with Ultimate Warrior dying and Macho Man as well, that definitely hurt as well. But this one, this one hit me hard because he was one of the first guys I remember watching as a kid. Uh, my first uh, event ever was at the Louisiana Superdome uh, back in 1980, and he was on that card, uh, you know, wrestling uh, against well, with Andre the Giant, uh, uh, which is curious. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Dusty. He was part of all those magazines. Um, it's funny; those magazines really told you a story. You know, I didn't watch Dusty much uh, except for in that Superdome. But when I reading those magazines, I knew Dusty was was something special. Uh, always, always with the crimson mask on, on the covers, and I, I just had to, there was something about this guy. You know, it was like, you know, he wasn't muscle bound, he wasn't, you know, this this tremendous professional wrestler, but it was something about him that I needed to know. And uh, just watching his stuff, you know, with the, with superstar Billy Graham at the Garden, uh, it was so, it was someone you, ha- you just you just gravitated to. Uh, he was the, the the typical, you know, the, the the best one of the best faces ever, obviously. Uh, and then when you come down to it, you, you didn't realize how much influence he had in the back until later on in his career. And, and some of the great ideas he had, whether it be War Games or Starcade, uh, it, it's, it's amazing what, what's happened uh, with Dusty and, and all the way till the end of his life, you know, dealing with all those young guys and gals over at NXT as well. And just a loss. It's a big loss for just not just for the fans, but for the wrestlers themselves as well. Yeah, it definitely was one of those, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're a fan long enough and you just, you, you you know, you don't know them, but you feel like you do. They're, they're such a part of your life. Um, you know, there was some stuff, and I know Cody's, and we talked about earlier in the show, and I, I'd like to get your take on, on Cody. But number one, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, he came out as Goldust, and, uh, Goldust Stardust. Uh, a lot of people expected maybe he'd come out as Cody. Some fans critical. I thought it was cool. I'm curious your thoughts on, on Cody and his Stardust character. And as well, how far do you think Cody can go? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was one of those guys who was critical when I first started Stardust um, come out um, for the first time against Neville on that Raw. Uh, but with some of the tweets that he came out with and not knowing the ent- really the entire history of, of the Stardust name, uh, I, I've grown accustomed to, to kind of embrace it. Uh, I'm interested to see what's, what, what Stardust does. Um, you know, he made a great point by saying he doesn't want to, you know, uh, make money on his, on the death of his father, which, which kind of opened up my eyes. So it was like, you know what, let's see where, where this Stardust character goes. You know, I, I'm not sure how far it can go. I mean, I, unfortunately, I think he's a guy who's going to be basically a mid-card guy, especially in a Stardust character. Um, I, kind, I think they kind of missed the boat a couple of years ago uh, when Cody came back from kind of that suspension. And I thought they had a real big, uh, big ideas for him uh, going forward. But uh, you know, he got he got in the tag team with Goldust, and and they kind of went from there. So I, I think they kind of missed the boat with Cody uh, a little bit over these last couple of years. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do with the Stardust character. I'm I'm still not I'm not sure if they're going to go with Stardust the entire time. I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Cody Rhodes back in the ring. Cool. And as we tried to bring up, like getting in the ring, in ring, obviously battleground tonight. Again, check out Mike Riker on RantSports.com, and uh, we're not going to give it away. Don't give it. Don't give them your picks here. They got to go to the website and check out your picks. That's right. But, but I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on just the build for this pay per view? Is there one match that you're you're looking forward to more than others? I mean, to me, I think the card looks like it could be a pretty entertaining card. 
Um, but your thoughts on the Bills coming into this pay-per-view and, and what you're looking forward to most? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills has been good. You know, I, I think obviously the Rollins-Brock stuff has been excellent. Um, you know, anything you know, associated with Brock is always good. Um, you know, obviously we are, we're all looking forward to John Cena and Kevin Owens. Uh, to me, that's the most intriguing match on the card. I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Seth versus Brock, to be honest with you. Uh, but this will be the last we see of Cena versus Owens. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which way they go. You know, Cena's done such, done such a tremendous job with this United States Championship. It's kind of hard, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it's going to be kind of hard to get that title off of him. He's been so good, and in my opinion, he's been the wrestler of the year so far uh, in pro wrestling uh, with all these great matches he's had. But you got a guy in Kevin Owens who's come out like a bandit and, and you know, really taken the world by storm. It's going to be interesting to see if they pull the plug and have Kevin Owens win that title because I'm not so sure, to be honest with you. It is incredible, like, when you think about John Cena. And, I mean, are, I mean, you know, everyone knows his limitations, and I get it. But are you surprised at this point in his career, at the age that John Cena is, that, you know, it, it seems like almost he's, he's been able to – his knowledge base and his physicality and his storytelling all seem to like be intersecting at a, at one period of time that he's just, he's putting out gold right now. Um, I mean, would you have predicted this? Are you shocked? I mean, can you believe what John Cena has been bringing to the table in 2015? Yeah, I am shocked. I mean, we all talked about the five moves of doom and, and we can't call it that anymore. I mean, he's, he's come out with, you know, springboard stunners and drop kicks and power bombs. I mean, stuff we, we, we rarely see from Cena. And he's really, you know, ever since he won that title at WrestleMania, it's been a different John Cena. I mean, it's not just been the matches with Kevin Owens. I mean, you think about all the U.S. Open challenges he's had, you can't name one bad match he's had, whether it be with, you know, uh, a Neville or a Kevin Owens or a Bad News Barrett or even a Stardust. Every single match, you know, you know John Cena's going to win the title, but, boy, he's made the other guy look good as well, which, of course, we, that's been one of the criticisms of Cena is making the other guy look good. And at this point, even though he's still United States champion, I think John Cena's made a lot of wrestlers besides Kevin Owens look good. So there's so many rumors, sir. I'm sure if you're hearing anything, uh, you know, you have your finger on the pulse of the industry. And we were joking before, you know, the Internet. Oh, my God, there's a picture of The Undertaker with his hat. He must be showing up at Battleground. Um, you know, do you, are you hearing anything? Like, there's so many rumors about Taker. There's rumors about Sting. Um, you know, again, you have your finger on the pulse of the pro wrestling world. Uh, are you hearing anything about any surprise appearances, either tonight or maybe tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I'm, I'm hearing is that Taker's definitely going to be um, uh, there tomorrow night on Raw. I'm not sure in what capacity. Uh, the thing I ha- is kind of interesting to me. You know, I, you know, he had the loss against Triple H. You know, we saw the kind of like the, the Raw with Bo Dallas, and we can't, he kind of like, you know, went, to, went off into thin air kind of. So the Sting thing is interesting, which kind of leads me to believe there might be a Sting-Taker program, which I don't know if people are really that interested in. Uh, anymore, but the the sight of Taker, you know, at SummerSlam obviously makes you believe that there's something maybe there with Brock. So there's so many uh, things that could happen with Undertaker. I I don't know what they're gonna do with Sting. I mean, it's such a catch twenty two with Sting because you know if you have him go against Taker, do you really want Taker to lose? I mean, so then Sting goes to zero and two, and that's been you know the the talk of Sting ever since he didn't go to WWE, where the fact that you know the booking of the former WCW wrestlers 
wasn't really what you thought it was going to be. And now all of a sudden, Sting's going to be zero and two. I, it's going to it's a t- it's a touchy situation when it comes to Sting, and uh, the booking is going to be very interesting if he goes in and wrestles Undertaker. I got a question for you, Mike. Before I even ask you this question, I just got a little bit of breaking news. PW Insider is reporting that they've added a female match to tonight's mm-hmm. event. Going to be Sasha Banks versus Brie Bella versus Charlotte in a triple threat match. Um, and on the topic of the girls, what was your take on Monday night's uh, angle with introducing the NXT girls? And what does it mean for the, the women's wrestling in general moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely love the angle. I mean, we all see in these these girls really, you know, tear up in NXT. Um, I, I love Charlotte, love Sasha Banks. You know, I, my personal favorite is Becky Lynch. Uh, I, you know, but to me, it's a wait and see attitude. To be honest with you guys, because you know we kind of seen the, the stop and start, especially with the Divas division, you know, uh, happen before. So I, I'm interested to see what they do. You know, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what to do, especially with Sasha Banks, who's the NXT champion. You know, does she, you know, wrestle uh, both for Raw and for NXT? Um, but, again, I'm, I'm taking a wait-and-see attitude with this. You know, it's, you know, we've seen some of the NXT guys, you know, unlike Kevin Owens, we've seen some of the NXT people come over and not really do well, whether it be a Bo Dallas or a Big E Langston. And even now, it's kind of Neville's kind of like, you know, kind of stuck in mid-card. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with these these girls. Um, obviously, listen, they, they wrestle better than, any, to me, better than anybody on the roster uh, uh, currently. So uh, they definitely bring... Uh, an attitude. They definitely bring some credibility to that to that program. Um, it's interesting. You got you mentioned the match tonight uh, between Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Brie Bella. Well, you tell me, guys, which one of those three don't belong? Yeah, it's a valid point, man. I mean, it's just one of those things where like those NXT girls come up and it, it shines. You know, it almost as bad as the Diva Division has been, it just makes them look that much worse, and it really lays down the gauntlet of you know. Do we really need, like, do we need the Bellas even? You know, is it time for the Bellas? The Bellas have been promising us retirement for so long. Just could you deliver on that? (laughs) Oh, God can only hope. I mean, listen, you guys, Paige is excellent. We've seen her in the ring. They've done nothing with Emma. I mean, I know she had that that little little situation last year, uh, but she's a very good wrestler. She's doing very good things on NXT with Dana Brooke. Um, I mean, I like to see her involved in the program. Listen, a girl like Natty, who we know can, can wrestle with anybody. Uh, and we, we, all we see her is with Tyson Kidd. So now Tyson Kidd's injured. We don't see Natalia. So I, I just, I, again, I want to see, see what they do with these girls before I get really too much excited about it. Here's the other thing. What does it do for the – you bring all three of those girls up at the same time who are pretty much the heart and soul of the NXT women's – division, what does that do now for the rest of the women down in NXT? I mean, it almost kind of makes their female roster look, like I said on, on last Monday's show, depleted. Like, there's there's mm-hmm. not really too much left of the females down in NXT. Was it a smart move bringing all of them up at the same time for this revolution angle, or should they have kind of integrated them slowly one by one? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, I think Charlotte was obviously the one that should have came up um, she had the NXT cha- uh, Women's Championship. Uh, she's fought Sasha Banks a couple times, has not, you know, delivered on getting that title. Uh, Sasha Banks, I think, should have stayed on NXT and maybe just seen Charlotte come up. Um, but you, you do have a couple of the girls down there. I mean, Bailey's a very good wrestler. Uh, you yep. know, I'm still I'm still waiting on Dana Brooke and see what we, what's to come of her. 
And you know, as scary as scary as this sounds, guys, you know, next week Eva Marie uh, debuts on uh, NXT. So I'll be interested to see what kind of uh, wrestling we get from Eva Marie, if anything. Uh, I've heard some, you know, some decent reports. Uh, she wrestled over the weekend uh, against Bailey, um, and I've heard some decent things about her. So maybe there, there's a star to make in Eva Marie. Who knows? You, you know, it's not that scary because I brought this up on Monday's show. I truly believe she's going to get a lot of heat from the Total mm. Divas show, what they've been portraying with her there. Uh, that's going to translate to her character and how they how they portray her character on NXT. I think she's going to be a great heel. People are going to want to see the real female wrestlers try to get a piece of her. But she's I wouldn't say she's going to be the Ric Flair of NXT in terms of in-ring ability, but I think she's going to be that heel that the fans are going to want to see all the girls take a piece of her. Yeah, listen, I agree with you. I mean, listen, she's gorgeous. We all know that. But if you remember the last NXT TakeOver special, the boos that were raining down on Eva Marie were just, were just oh, I unbelievable. Know. I mean, it was crazy. So once she gets to the ring, it's going to start right away. I'm sure the you can't wrestle chance will start. But let's see. You know, like I said, I've heard some, some good things about her. So she's done some good work with Brian Kendrick. Uh, we've seen some of the videos. So I'm not saying she's going to be, you know, the next fabulous moolah. But let's, let's, let's take a wait and see attitude with Eva Marie. Obviously, they have big plans for her. Uh, you know, it looks like they're kind of like phasing the bells out right now. Maybe even Marie could be like the n- next bell to come out. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, it's funny. And, and again, sometimes like with wrestling fans, I think you need to like kind of always take that that uh, that wait and see attitude. And uh, I'd like to be optimistic and hope that uh, she she brings something positive to the table. It's just oh god, she was just so bad though. She was so bad. Yeah. Um, but again, I guess we all keep an open mind. One thing, and we're talking to Mike Riker from Rantsports.com, wrestling blogger. And uh, you had written a blog recently about uh, Cesaro, who um, it's time to push Cesaro now. And we've, we've been on the Cesaro bandwagon from the very beginning. A guy, you know, all the town in the world that, uh, you know, can't seem to find his niche, so to speak. I Personally, we on the show here, we, we – Initially, maybe weren't crazy about the pairing with Tyson Kidd, but as it evolved, uh, liked it, thought it was a good kind of old-school tag team. Uh, I thought they worked well together. Um, now Tyson Kidd obviously down with an injury. Cesaro, again, continuing to wow fans, impress fans. Uh, just what he can do athletically and strength-wise is insane. Um what what do you want to see? I mean, I know you, you want to see him push, but where where do you want to see him go? Is there a specific guy you want to see him working with? Uh, I think we agree with you. We'd like to see him uh, kind of move up the, the chain and, if not in the main event, close to it. But uh, just give us a little bit on uh, your, your thoughts on Cesaro and where you'd like to see him go in the company. Yeah, listen, this is a guy who I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, we've seen him. Obviously, take the world by storm by having those matches with Cena, the match with, with Rusev and Owens on Raw, even the match with Rusev on SmackDown. But for me, guys, it was the fact that he was still losing those, a lot of those matches. And I know it's pro wrestling, but the, the fact of the matter is Cesaro needed some wins. He picked up a good win over Rusev on SmackDown. But to see a push, we need to see some wins from him. Um, I'm a guy who thinks Cesaro can be a main event guy. You know, Mick Foley wrote a blog about Cesaro a, couple of years ago, a week ago, talking about how he thought Cesaro could be an old-school type champion, you know, a la Bruno Sammartino, one of those, you know, real old-school wrestlers. 
But after watching the last few weeks, Foley rose that he thinks he could be a champion in any era. And I, I, I truly believe that as well. Uh, I mean, can you imagine a, a match between him and Brock Lesnar? I mean, that, that match would just shake the foundation uh, for the fans, you know, with those guys' strengths. Um, I, listen, I think, is he, is he tremendous on the mic? No, but I think he gets away with enough to make you believe that. And I also think he's in a very good position, the fact that he's not a heel anymore. I think he's, he, he's wanted to be a face since the day after WrestleMania 30. You know, those fans wanted to cheer him that night. And when they paired him up with Paul Heyman, that was a huge mistake. At, at that point, we didn't think so, but we didn't know what to think. Is he a heel? Is he a face? To me, that was the turning point in his career. I thought that was a bad move by the WWE, and now hopefully they can rectify that because I think there's big things in store for Cesaro. And listen, 34 years old is not old, but he's not under 30. He's got, he's got, you know, he's got some years left in him, but the, now's the time to kind of pull the trigger on Cesaro. Good stuff. Mike, you know, it, it's been great talking to you, and we got to get you on, on on a more regular basis. Again, before we let you go, let our listeners know it's rantsports.com, but every place else, your Facebook, every place that uh, we want to follow Mike Riker and, and your blogging, uh, where can we find you? Yeah, catch me on Twitter at MichaelRiker70, uh, obviously rantsports.com slash MichaelRiker, and on Facebook at MichaelRiker70 as well. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was, it was a blast. It was a great time. Looking forward to talking to you again. Enjoy Battleground, and we'll talk to you real soon, Mike. You too, guys. Take it easy, brother. All right, then. Good stuff from Mike Riker. Enjoyed that a lot. Uh, very knowledgeable fan, and uh, in the business, uh, you know, I've known Mike for a while, and uh, definitely good stuff that, that he had for us, and looking to get him back on really, really soon. And, and you know, let's talk a little Battleground. Again, I, you know, I would have been tempted to ask Mike for his predictions, um, but you got to go over to Ranch Sports and check out his blog on his predictions for Battleground. Uh, we're not going to give it away for you here. Go hit up Ranch Sports. We are going to give you our predictions here. And, um, you know, we got so far as the match continues for kingship for the WWE, we don't have a result as of yet. But as of right now, Dave and I are kind of in agreement right now. We're both on Orton, Barrett, and Rollins. Those are the three predictions we've done so far. And again, I don't know what you're, you know, in the championship match, Dave, and I'm curious your thoughts. Um, it wouldn't shock me if some way, shape, or form uh, there's a DQ or a screwy finish or something, or maybe even Lesnar wins uh, the match but doesn't walk out of the championship. I'm still sticking with my pick, Rollins. My pick for Rollins is more for the fact of I think he walks out with the belt regardless of the win-loss. So I will stay firm on that. But it wouldn't shock me if in some way, shape, or form we have a Lesnar win via a DQ and Rollins is weaseling out again with that championship. I could see that happening, too. Um, I mean, Brock is fresh off of WrestleMania. Um, and, you know, he he went into WrestleMania um, the the – the, the hated bad guy, um, but then became the good guy by default because of his challenger and, uh, you know, the, 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 the momentum that he rode into WrestleMania, especially announcing five days before the event that he was staying with WWE, um, that kind of helped his uh, fanfare and then the match he had and then the finish, the outcome, the stuff he's done with Seth Rollins. He's been on a roll, so it's kind of hard to, to have Rollins... Um, you know, beat Lesnar 
in a clean manner. Um, now, it wouldn't shock me if um, somebody, an outside name, and I, I don't have a name in particular, but let's just say for argument's sake, somebody like a Seamus were to cost um, Lesnar the, the match on the pay-per-view and then setting the two of them up for SummerSlam. At least Lesnar gets screwed out of the title and he's not so much involved. He's not so much losing in a clean manner, um, which then it makes him look. It makes his character look bad. The beast that he is losing to losing to Seth Rollins after he had basically destroyed his car, destroyed his whole entourage, et cetera, et cetera. So I can see a screw screw job finish of some kind. Um, but I do agree with you because we, we did screw ourselves at Elimination Chamber. We said that Rollins was going to win, but he ended up losing the match, but he still was a champion. Agreed. I, I, again, I can't. I, there's not enough I could say about just loving, you know, this true heel character, the, the, the Weasley, just, in, and, and I, I, the tweets just were awesome. Like, Rollins just is, it's, Good stuff what he's doing right now. All right, let's let's get into some other predictions. So we got the prime time players. Millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Versus the New Day. New Day Rocks. New Day Rocks. In a battle of chance. Maybe not, but a tag team championship match to determine chant superiority. Um, you know, this is a match right now. I... I, I I'm enjoying a lot of what the New Day is bringing to the table. And to be honest with you, I want to see the New Day with the titles. I kind of do. Um, I, I just I like what they're doing. Uh, they're so freaking obnoxious. It's just, again, another true heel kind of gimmick. Uh, but I, I, I think the primetime players, they're going to hold on to those belts. Uh, I think the WWE right now with, with Darren Young uh, – He's got, you know, he's one of those guys where, like, not that there's, you know, a dark horse, so to speak, of a guy that could, uh, you know, maybe not the the top heel, but top faces, but maybe one of the the top faces in uh, uh, Titus O'Neil. I think Titus O'Neil's got a lot of potential, um, you know, to be a, a WWE kind of ambassador. Um, and then you have Darren Young, who's uh, the first openly homosexual uh, professional wrestler. Uh, with the WWE and their anti-bullying stuff and, and all that stuff. Um, I think having these two guys with the tag champs is is good, and not to, not to call, coin a phrase, but best for business. Um, I think the WWE has uh, some high hopes, perhaps, for both Darren Young and Titus O'Neil, And uh, for all the reasons behind the scenes, as well as the reasons storyline-wise, uh, just getting the titles, I'm going to go with the primetime players to win and retain uh, the tag team championship. I'm going to agree with you on basically all points that you said. You couldn't have said it better. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, well, I think, I, think uh, I, I was not too thrilled with them losing the belts to begin with. I really wasn't. I really thought, you know, they're kind of bringing back that free bird rule and they can incorporate that into the, you know, storytelling and really build up their heel persona as a stable while holding the tag team titles. And then eventually, you know, before Tyson Kidd got hurt, either Kidd and Cesaro were to chase them for the belts or even, you know, the, the exciting Lucha Dragon. Um, I really thought that New Day could have kind of had a good, solid run with the belts for a few months. I didn't like how they just basically took them off them after a month. 
Um, but I, I, I think that the, the reasoning behind the primetime players, like you said, because Titus O'Neill is a, a good spokesperson for the company and Darren Young being the first open, uh, openly homosexual professional wrestler in WWE with the bullying campaign stuff, I think that they want that kind of representation for their champions. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, the past couple times that primetime players have been on TV, um, you know, Titus O'Neil, he is very well-spoken. He, he, he's, he, he knows how to talk. Like, he's, like you said, loads of potential, not just for his in-ring ability and his size and his look, but he could talk really well. He can. Like, he's just he, – he, he's the kind of person that, like, I could see why they, they bring him to, you know, these public speaking events, you know, representing the company because he just – I don't know. He sends off this message that you know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but um, I could see why they got the belt. So yeah, agreed. Primetime players over New Day. Well, there you go. The, the love fest continues. We'll see what happens in uh, tonight's uh, pay per view and some breaking news. Some breaking news. We got one breaking. under our belts, Barrett. King Barrett. Barrett. I just like talk Barrett. I just want to keep I'm afraid I want to talk I want to talk in Barrett's accent. Can we do a whole show and we'll just both of us just No, that would be an awful idea. Anyway, no, King that Barrett. would not. That King would be Barrett. bad news. <laughs> bad we need a segment on the show. We just need like a segment where we we call out something that sucked in wrestling and just call it the bad news Barrett segment. And rag on so on. It just and we have to talk in that accent the entire time. Anyway, that would that would be stupid too. <laughs> but, no, that would. Um, Barrett winds up being winning, so he is uh, definitively the king of the ring. So good stuff there. We got one under our belt as we go through our predictions. One match I tell you that I have a difficult time predicting is Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. Um, there's part of me that like looks at this matchup and I'm like, you know. I, I want to see it kind of continue. It's definitely part of the, the Roman Reigns reclamation project, uh, building them back up. And I don't know if it's like in my head, it's wishful thinking. Like this part of me that like every, everything that's happened so far is pointing in the direction of a Roman Reigns victory. Everything. And that's why, and again, I'm kind of split like 50-50 on this. Um I just think it would be so cool. I don't know if it's wishful thinking or not, but after everything that's happened, for Bray Wyatt to get a victory here would be great. Uh, it sets up a rematch. You're going into SummerSlam for a rematch with these two guys. Um, I think it's helping Reigns, and I think in the long run, losing but running this program the right way would be a positive for Reigns. Um but I don't know. But the obvious choice is just to say Reigns is going to win this match because uh, he just, you know, that's the direction they're going in. But I'm going, to, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with my heart on this prediction, and I'm going to say some way, somehow, Bray Wyatt is going to come out victorious in this matchup. Dave? I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Love <laughs> Love the accent. I, I'm I'm going it hurt my throat, but it actually was pretty good. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Roman Reigns. I mean, I was not a big fan of pairing these two up to begin with because I think 2015 has not been a good year for Bray Wyatt. I think 2015 
Um, he started off good with his build towards WrestleMania, carrying the, the, the load of the, the hype for his match with Undertaker. I really felt that the uh, the finish didn't do wonders for him. Then they kind of saddled him with Ryback. That was pretty quick. Now they put him with Reigns, a guy who his character needs to look strong and be protected as well. Like I, like I said earlier in the show, they're booking him like Daniel Bryan in late 2013. You know, all this all, all, all this bad stuff happening to him, the losses, the screw jobs, the everything getting thrown in his way. This is his. This is a part of his climb back up the mountain. Um, Wyatt, on the other hand, his character has always been defined as inflicting physical damage on you, but more mental damage and psychological damage to you. Um, that's where his victories come, not necessarily the wins and losses that happen in the ring. And so far... He's definitely ahead of that, ahead of the game, um, psychologically on Roman Reigns' character. Um, I was thinking that they would do a rematch, but with the rumors of Sting possibly being involved, um, I could see, I could see Harper getting involved tonight and causing some kind of DQ, and, and Reigns getting the DQ victory, so that it doesn't necessarily um, hurt either guy. Reigns gets a victory, but uh, why it doesn't look. Uh, why it doesn't look so weak in defeat, um, and then maybe that's where you set up the, uh, the 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 appearance of Sting to set up Bray Wyatt and Sting for SummerSlam, um, which that's another issue that if that does happen, I'm gonna I will definitely have an opinion on that situation and that scenario moving forward if that happens, if and when that happens. I'm not gonna go into that now, but yeah, my pick's definitely Roman Reigns for this one. Well, there you go. So uh, I guess I'm going with my heart, and you're going with your head. Which is probably the smarter move, but we'll see what happens. What about the girls' but, match? What about a girls' match? Oh, that's right, the girls' match. Is, is it definitive? Because I'm watching that. I've heard like you reported it, but I haven't seen. I you know I have the pre-show on, and I, I haven't seen uh, anything pop up as of yet, as far as an official announcement through the WWE. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll continue to watch and see. I mean, it's a trusted site, but I'm still waiting to see if I get something on the WWE dot uh, com. So as we're waiting for that, with like six minutes remaining, we're going to get through one more ma- at least one more match. But first, the Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. the portion of our show where we hit on something, someone, a match, a thing, whatever in the world of pro wrestling. Just made us sit back on the couch and nod to ourselves and say, yeah, that worked. And uh, we haven't done this in a little while. Um, so I just think we forgot the last show. We do this on our pay-per-view shows. And uh, for me, uh, and we're going to get into predicting this matchup, but uh, and, and Riker hit on it. Um, not our approval right now is John Cena. Uh, everything he's done with the U.S. title has just been absolutely phenomenal. The guy is just, he's putting it out there. And not only is he winning matches and putting on solid matches, but he's making guys look like a million bucks in their losses. And I, I'm just so impressed with what he's been able to do with the U.S. title. Uh, so, John Cena is my nod of approval. Dave, who gets your nod? I'm going to go with Cesaro. Um as we all know here on the show, I'm a huge fan of him. I've been a huge fan of him since I started watching him in WWE. Um, 
not realizing the greatness that his in-ring skills have provided fans for years prior to that on the indie scene. I've watched a lot of his stuff on the indie scene, on YouTube, the advent of YouTube. Uh, great stuff. I wish I got to see it when it was happening, but um, the matches that he's had recently, like Mike Riker said with Rusev, the triple threat with Owens and Rusev, the two matches he's had with Cena, um, it's just proof in the pudding, in my opinion, something I've been saying for a long time, preaching to the choir, that he can get it done in the ring and he connects with the fans. That whole bullshit that Vince said on the Austin's podcast, he just doesn't connect with the fans, I thought that was a load of crap. I really was, especially when... 75,000 people in the Superdome went crazy when he lifted Big Show up and threw him over the top rope and won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I don't know how much more he needs to connect with an audience for him to, uh, you know, to get over, but he did on that occasion. Um, he, they've done the start and stop pushes with him, and un- unfortunately Tyson Kidd's been hurt. His tag team partner, which I loved that tag team. I thought it was great, um, but... Getting back to where I really would like to see Cesaro in a singles role near the main event, if not in the main event. Um, I just hope that you know bigger things come for him moving forward. And you know, he's another guy. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he made an appearance on tonight's event, um, whether it be in an impromptu match or maybe some involvement in that Cena Owens match. But Cesaro gets my nod for just you know still doing what he does best, and that's, you know, wowing the, wowing the crowds with his in-ring ability, his impressive in-ring skills. He's incredible. And, and you know, if, if not for what Cena's been doing, he probably would have been not, my nod of approval. And Cesaro, at least on this show, has grabbed the brass ring and been uh, – he, he's the career leader in nods of approval. And one thing, we're giving out three nods today because 1640 PWPR – uh, you know, has shown us a lot of love, and, and guys have been really supportive and uh, really positive about our show. But the whole 1640 experience would not be happening without the work of, of one Pat Crowley, a.k.a. King Firehawk. And as we move forward, again, check us out on iTunes, but as we move forward getting 1640 up and running and, and more and more popular, Pat gets the lion's share of the credit. Uh, for getting that going. So a big, huge thank you for all the work he's putting into it. And he gets our, our honorary nod of approval. Cesaro, Cena, and King Firehawk get our nod. The Ken Reedy Show Nod of Approval. With approximately two minutes left, arguably, or arguably everyone would be saying, arguably everybody would be thinking possibly the match of the night is going to be Kevin Owens versus John Cena for that U.S. title match. After getting the nod of approval, and Dave, you said maybe we see Cesaro at some point. John Cena, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Cena loses his U.S. title tonight. This is what it's all been leading to. Without the title, uh Without the NXT title, Owens gets the U.S. title. I think this puts Owens over huge. I'm going with Owens in this match. I can see that happening, okay? I can see that happening. And there is a good chance that that, that will happen. 60-40, okay, in, in, in favor of Owens winning in your scenario. I think, personally, they will extend this rivalry one more month to SummerSlam. I think we'll see the culmination of this rivalry at SummerSlam. I'm saying that Owens wins tonight. But I think somehow Cena gets disqualified, or Owens gets 
Cena disqualified. Like, let's say the referee gets knocked out, Owens brings in a chair, he uses it on Cena, but then Cena grabs the chair as the ref wakes up and always pretends that Cena got hit with the Cena hit him with the chair. Ref calls for the bell. There's a disqualification. Maybe I, I could see something like that taking place to extend the the uh, the, the, the rivalry and to extend the, the the match to go on to SummerSlam. I could see some Cesaro involvement, but um, either way, I see Kevin Owens winning the match. I mean, he lost the NXT title at the Beast in the East Japan special to, to Finn Balor. He lost at Money in the Bank a few, a few weeks prior to that. I can't see Dave, him I hate the to cut third you off big there. match. We've got 10 seconds left, so good stuff. Tune in tomorrow night, 630 to 8 o'clock. We'll get you ready for Monday Night Raw. It is time for Battleground, people. Thank you, everyone. Good night.